may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ filled with fruit and of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the, Lord, the glory and praise of God. This is the word of our Lord. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your glory in creation. We thank you for your glory in the church. And we pray this morning that you speak to us and heal us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Wow, 20 years. It was uh, 20 years ago on Mothering Sunday that Tim Humphreys led a group out from Holy Trinity and a group came from St. Patrick's to form Springfield Church. Um, the actual Sunday was the last Sunday in March, which is this Sunday, really. From what I, not that I was there, as you, as you know, but I know a number of you were. How exciting to be able to look back at 20 glorious years and 20 years of God's provision. It's great to be able to do that and be so thankful for everything that God has blessed us with. For the vision and foresight of those who planted Springfield, the people who have continued to serve the church and our community at Springfield. And I have to say, last Sunday was amazing, wasn't it? I know there was an awful lot of you that were rather sceptical, shall we say, to put it politely, about having the Archbishop of Canterbury coming. And I think a number of you thought it might be, um, OK, I was wearing my Barbie dress, but you actually thought that it would be worse, I think, than that. Is that fair to for some of you? Yeah? But I had said all along, had I not, what a great speaker he was. And I know how many of you have said to me how great he was. He, he did that all without notes. Um, he hadn't written a sermon, he just stands up and speaks. And he's got such humility and grace about him, even in private. <laughs> and, um, yeah, could, could, no, I won't, I'll do it later, when I'm not being recorded. But it was, it was so wonderful. Uh, Rob Churchard came up to me just before the service and said um, he'd been speaking to the driver and, you know, we were running late. I mean, and for, even for Springfield terms, it was late, wasn't it? 45 minutes we overran. And he asked the driver, Do you, he, must, he must come late to, to quite a few things, doesn't he? And the driver said, no, never. <laughs> he, he left here about one o'clock, which was about the time he was supposed to be at Lingfield for his next um, appointment. So, um, bless him. But it was also a great, great affirmation of Springfield Church. You know, on the Friday before he came, he gave two things that he was most proud of in his tenure as Archbishop. One was the Anglican Alliance, which is a, uh, an overseas aid foundation between the Anglican churches. And the other part was fresh 
expressions. Churches like Springfield. And when I asked him why he had agreed to come to Springfield, he said because we had been going for 20 years and it was a symbol and a sign, if you like, of the strength of churches like Springfield. There are very few churches like Springfield. Very few. We often think of ourselves, I think, as a, as a bit like one of these semi-independent churches, vineyard church or whatever, but we're not. We are part of the Church of England. We are part of the Anglican Communion. And with that brings great joy and responsibility. The joy of it is that we have somewhere that we are accountable to. We can't just go off and be crazy. I have bishops who at the moment seem to be keep coming around here. Um, uh, I am accountable to them. And that is a great thing to have. But it's also a great opportunity for us to bless and encourage other churches. We have ways that we influence other churches that, that maybe often you don't see, but are nevertheless very true. Um, we have ways in which we've uh, helped them with the children's work within the diocese that you may not even have noticed we do because it's done behind the scenes. So there is a huge amount of things that we have so much to be thankful for. On top of what, any of that, seeing old friends, David Lewis, Tim Humphrey, who launched Springfield, were there. Seeing new friends, a great youth breakfast, wonderful interviews with what God has done amongst us and is continuing to do amongst us. All of those are such brilliant things to remember, to be thankful for. And as I said, I know that many of you were touched by the interview and sermon of Rowan himself. A day that has strengthened Springfield in our mission together to touch our communities with the love and grace of Jesus. So I think it's absolutely fair that this passage we had read out to us from Philippians and we can say together, I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. There's this whole situation with Vickers that you arrive and you have your honeymoon period and then it kind of is the same old, same old and all the rest of it. And, and I know I said a few years ago that I was still in my honeymoon period and I have to still say that you buying lunch? <laughs> that it's still a huge joy and a privilege to be the minister here. It's an absolute joy. When we see what God is doing amongst us, how can it not be such a joy and a privilege? Think of what God has done for us, through us and in us as a church over the last 20 years. That yellow sheet I gave out a couple of weeks ago, and if you haven't got one, do please, please pick it up, a copy up. It's really very simple. But it gives you an idea of how Springfield has thrived under God's nurturing. And it's not just the growth of Springfield Church here, but it's also what we do elsewhere, how we give to Rush in Kenya, 
their clean water, their nursery classrooms, the land for a new secondary school as well as a classroom, supporting Nigel Hallett's ministry in Pakistan, the Padiaches in Spain, Trish in Central America, etc. The charities that the different cells support, it all adds up to Springfield being an amazing church with an amazing group of people following an absolutely stupendous and amazing God. And what is so striking about Paul's letter to Philippians, a letter shot through with hope, is that the circumstances of Paul are so awful. Paul, if you know anything about Philippians, is in jail. He's been arrested and beaten and transported to Rome, shipwrecked on the way, and taken there and imprisoned. His outward circumstances are awful, but still he never gives up on the hope that is in Jesus. He knows that whatever the outward circumstances, God hasn't let go of him, that God still has plans and purposes for him, precisely because of Jesus, because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus, death doesn't have power anymore over Christians. He understands as a believer that all the rubbish that happens to us isn't the final word. The final word is Jesus's. He could trust God to look after him, not meaning that he got what he wanted all the time and that life was easy but rather that the God who raised Jesus from the dead was and is able to do the same for us. That he can transform us and the way we see things around us. I was so struck last week by the humility and the holiness of Rowan. I use that word rarely of people, but I think it's fair to use it of him. I don't know if any of you saw the headline in the evening on the web in the Daily Telegraph. Seemingly the uh, reporter had been here sitting at the back. He said he had to leave before the end of the service. Whatever. But his headline, Meeting Dawkins was like meeting Mugabe. That was the headline of our service last week. Who recognises that description of Rowan and what he said. Anybody at all? He goes through that continuously all the time. Being vilified for what he is. Everybody's looking for a strong leader who will tell them what to do. And he comes and says, I'm looking to see what the Spirit does and I want to line up my life with what the Spirit's calling me to be and do. His guidance, rather than, as he said, the editors of the Mail or the Guardian. And we too are called to see our hope in Jesus rather than what others think or say about us. Our hope is not based on what others say about us or think about us. Our hope is in the person of Jesus Christ our Saviour. And so Paul in verse 6 can say, I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. 
the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. And I think for me that has been my guiding verse in this anniversary period. I've put it everywhere. You'll find it in Salt magazine. Anything I've written, you'll probably find me having that verse thrown out. Because I think it sums up totally, truly, what I believe God is doing amongst us. That the God who began this good work in Springfield hasn't finished. He hasn't completed. He hasn't got to this stage where he says, right, I've done Springfield, that's enough for them, let's move on to the next church. That hasn't happened. We haven't reached our golden age as a church. I am so sure of that. There is so much more to come. We were packed out last week, 400. Obviously a few have, couldn't drag themselves out this morning. It is a nice day and it is, the clock's changed, don't they? But we haven't reached our golden age. I'm certain of it. The God who is doing great things continues to do great things in us, among us. And it's a privilege of seeing God at work amongst us. We've seen it in our youth. In our, in our sheets, I went and said, we went and said that last year we had an average of 56 young people at the mix, an increase of 36% on 2010. 50% invited by Springfield Youth. You know, the last mix we had, something like 86, 83 young people there, of whom two-thirds were non-Springfield Youth. God continues to bless. Our children's work, we've seen us have the largest holiday club in the area with nearly 300 children coming each year to holiday club. We've seen it with caring cupcakes and the Ashby cells. So many, so loved. The old people in Ashby Grange and, and Abbeyfield loving the caring cupcakes. A number of new people have joined that cell as a result. We've seen it with Chatterbox teaching, not teaching English, um, a conversation class for people who don't have English as their, their first language. We've seen it with Rush. We've seen it helping those in need. You know, in, in the news sheet and the announcement this morning, you know, the privilege of helping someone who's been flooded tomorrow morning. And I hope one or two of you may be able to have some time to come and join us. Such a privilege to be part of a church that sees all of this as so important, as caring for others, as wanting to be change for those around them. It's such a privilege to be part of Springfield. And it's such a privilege sharing in the mission of Jesus. So many of you give of your time and your effort to help at Springfield. So many of you help with children's work or youth work or cells or worship or, or teas and coffees, or setting up in the morning, or chatterbox, or a myriad of other different ministries. I know so many of you help with. You know, many churches have the 80-20 rule, 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. That is not true for Springfield. The vast majority of you are involved. The vast, vast majority of you are involved in the life and ministry of Springfield. And that is a joy and it's a privilege for all of us. Caring, supporting, encouraging. It's not always easy. We know that. It's not always easy. It's not always easy to know what to say to those who are hurting 
and damaged. But actually just sitting with them and being with them sometimes can be enough. And then on top of that, it's a privilege of sharing with our money and our resources. We are now running at a £30,000 deficit a year. Now, we've never set, to be fair, we have never set a net zero budget whilst I've been here. And God has always provided out of your generosity. Now, there are uh, quite a number of churches in the area who have spent a million plus on their buildings, which is what they believe God has called them to do. We haven't. We have invested in people. And whilst I'm still minister, this is your chance to sack me now, guys, I wish that to continue. I will fight like Billio to put people ahead of buildings and padded seats and things like that and carpets. People are everything. You know, the early church was hated and one of the reasons the early church was hated is because they helped people who weren't just Christians. You see, in the early church days, um, what you did is, your religion was like your club and you only helped the people in your club. And if you weren't part of that religion, you didn't get help from that religion. Christians were outrageous to everyone around them because they would help anyone. That's the sort of church we are and want to be. We want to help. We want to transform. We want to see people's lives change. It was so hard last week choosing the um, testimonies that we had up front. It was so hard. I could have asked, I think, virtually all of you, what has God done in your life? And had some amazing testimonies. That, for me, was the hardest. I would have loved to have almost spent five hours just have everybody telling their story. Because Springfield is made up of people. We had no focus on a building. We had no focus on where we met. We had a focus totally on people. Because that's our calling. And to do that, we do need money. I don't, as you know, I'm not a great one in having to talk about money. But now and again, it's necessary. Because out of our caring for people, we need the money to do that. We have cut to the bone what we are using the money for. And if we have to cut further, then there is a real risk that it would seriously impact our mission as a church. Whether that's through staff going, or whether that's not being able to fund our children's work, our youth work, our work with Ashby Grange, are vulnerable. That's the reality. That's where we're up to. And so that's why, for that reason alone, I'm happy to talk about money this morning. Because actually, I'm asking you to give not so that we can have better lighting, heating, seating, carpets, but so that we can make a difference in people's lives. We've seen just the real impact that we're having in our children, our youth, 
amongst our elderly, amongst all that we hold dear, the vulnerable. And we want to do more. At the moment, we've got a steady-as-you-go budget. It doesn't take account, really, of things like our new Young Adults Ministry Emerge or any new river ministries or things like that. We would love to invest more in doing more for the sake of our community. So I really do want you to think and pray about your situation. Now, it may be the case that you can't. We understand that. It's not about guilt. It's about saying, is there something I can give you, Lord, to help with your mission and your ministry amongst us? I would love us to have a higher percentage of money that we gave away to others. I'd just love it. I think it would be brilliant. But we can only do that when we can afford to do it. So it's your chance to share in the privilege of giving realistically and potentially sacrificially. Jesus is working in the life of Springfield. We've seen that so amazingly. Last week was in a sense the icing on the cake. It wasn't the cake itself. The cake itself is you guys who give so much, who are so committed to seeing the kingdom come, seeing Jesus proclaimed. And I'm asking you to just look at your giving and say, am I being called? Verse 9. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best so that on the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. I've got to read you this. Dear Will, well, what a great day. Thank you so much for all the hard work in organising Archbishop Rowan's visit. He really enjoyed it and so did I. It was great to be able to see something of the work that goes on there and the testimonies were particularly powerful. Archbishop Rowan is sorry it wasn't possible to stay for longer. <laughs> Would be late for his next appointment. He'd particularly have liked to chat with the people from Kenya. Unfortunately, as you know, we were due elsewhere. This is my favourite sentence. It was a bit of a culture shock, but that shows how marvellous the Church of England is. Thanks again, and may God continue to bless your ministry and the work of Springfield Church greatly. Michael. That was the Archbishop's chaplain. A recognition of the specialness, if you like, of Springfield by others outside of the church. When we had Bishop Christopher a few weeks ago, as I said, we're being a bit bishoped out at the moment, I was reflecting, he, he came back for lunch and I was reflecting with him on the way back saying, you know, I, I, I tend to leave this little bit of liturgy out when we do communion called the creed. You know, what's your thoughts? I always kind of feel a bit guilty about not. He said, well, the thing is, you do so much teaching at Springfield that actually it's not as necessary for your church as for others. It's a recognition by others that what we're doing is special, unique. A recognition and acknowledgement 
that what we have to offer the wider church and for others around us can be so positive. I had lunch with uh, Mother Angela last week and uh, I was just checking out how it gone for her at, at Roundshaw and she said that since we've joined them in Roundshaw, her own congregation, which had been dying and withering, has doubled as well. And that's the joy, isn't it, of actually bringing in, sharing together and actually not being afraid to be bold for Jesus. So I'm asking us all, can we be bold? Can we put our hope in a Jesus that never lets us down, even when he takes us through hard times, and see the next stage of Springfield being blessed by God? Amen. Lift up your heart. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, you made the world and love your creation. You gave your Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Saviour. He's dying and rising, has set us free from sin and death. And so we gladly thank you with saints and angels praising you and saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. We praise and bless you, loving Father, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And as we obey his command, send your Holy Spirit that broken bread and wine outpoured may be for us the body and blood of your dear Son. On the night before he died, he had supper with his friends, and taking bread, he praised you. He broke the bread, gave it to them, and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup of wine. Again he prayed to you, gave it to them, and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So, Father, we remember all that Jesus did. In him we plead with confidence his sacrifice made once for all upon the cross. Bringing before you the bread of life and cup of salvation, we proclaim his death and resurrection until he comes in glory. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Lord of all life, help us to work together for that day when your kingdom comes and justice and mercy will be seen in all the earth. Look with favour on your people. Gather us in your loving arms and bring us with all the saints to feast at your table in heaven. Through Christ and with Christ and in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory are yours, O loving Father, forever and ever. Amen. As our Saviour taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Draw near with faith.
Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Say together, Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. We stand to sing our final song. Just a reminder that each of you should have a letter addressed to you or if you're newer and aren't in the family list then a general one. Do please pick them up. Christ give you grace to grow in holiness, to deny yourselves, take up your cross and follow him. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ. Amen.